Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Highwire. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategies. I'm a little bit sad to say today that this is the last in our series to recognize Cybersecurity Month. And the reason I'm sad is because I won't be talking to Bryce and Deshaun on a regular basis anymore and bringing you all this great information. So maybe we'll think about something in the future to keep it going. But I'd like to welcome back Bryce Williams, the Information Security Engineer for LCS, and Sean Williams, Director of Information Security for LCS. Sean and Bryce, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Good to be for back. Us back. So like I said, this is the, the last in our series of cybersecurity discussions for Cybersecurity Month 2021, I guess, right? Because we know... There's a lot going on in cybersecurity, but I learned a lot, and I do have to tell you both that I took a little short vacation this last week, and the entire time that I was traveling and that I was staying in either hotels or like a a home rental, I was very, very cognizant of my security and the use of my devices, and I really thought about what we talked about and about not using those hotel networks and not using that airport network and really cognizant of those public networks. And it was really interesting because I really had to focus on it and think about it before it became second nature, like throughout my trip, because I stayed in several different places. So I learned a lot and I really implemented and practiced what I learned. And through it all, it really wasn't difficult. It was just different. So just thinking about it was a a big eye-opener for me. So I want to thank you for what we've been talking about. One of my big questions, and I think probably a lot of the listeners have the same question, would be, what do security teams do in companies? You know, what's the day in the life of someone on your team? What do you do all day and every day? And what does this look like? So I'm going to throw it out and you guys can uh, decide who's going to answer or volley back and forth, however you'd like to do it. Well, uh, Bryce does all the work, so I'm going to let Bryce answer. (laughs) So Bryce, you win. (laughs) Excellent. So that's a great question. And and first of all, I'm glad that you were able to take our advice. I'm, I'm glad that it was easy to implement. That was kind of our goal, right? We weren't trying to make it hard for anyone, but uh, so thank you for that feedback. That really good to hear. So what do I, what do we, what do security teams do every day? Kind of the short answer is a lot of different stuff. And it seems like no day or, or every day is a different day in a lot of cases, right? It, this is a field that really keeps you on your toes. One day, You could be responding to or monitoring phishing emails. Another day, you could get maybe a forensic request for looking at data on maybe a cell phone or a laptop. Another day, you could be focusing on identity and access management products or or tools or or projects. Or in our case, spend a whole nine months on, on a project like that. 
we're also monitoring for data loss prevention. So we're, we're trying to keep track of, or we get alerts for, hey, someone you know tried sharing a file with maybe some sensitive data in it. So we got to go track down what that's about and, and see if we can't help get that information shared in a more secure way. And there's also answering questions or just, you know, people will stop by and say, hey, just had a, a quick question about when I'm traveling. <laughs> we also, there was a question a, a while back about someone who needed to travel internationally while still trying to work remotely. So we helped with some solutions to keep keep everything locked down and pretty secure during that trip because there's some different considerations for international travel for business. And I, I know I'm missing some, but uh, just trying to give an example or illustrate the the variety and breadth of, of what we do. So it sounds yeah. to me like, and Sean, you jump in on this, but it sounds to me like if you're a person who wants to go to work and know exactly what's going to happen, being a member of the security team is not the job for you, right? That, that is exactly right. And I think that's what draws most of us to security is that it is not the same thing day after day. So if you're somebody that, that gets bored really easily, if you're somebody that, you know, doesn't like to push the same button day after day, cybersecurity is, is definitely a field you should look into. And I was going to add a little bit to what Bryce said, really, if, and I don't want us to sound, I don't want to sound too cool when I say this, but we are a lot like any of the the three-letter intelligence agencies in our in our government, where we are designed to process what the bad guys are doing, what the good guys are doing, everything in between. We watch all the information, we watch all the connections. Our job is literally to process all that information as it pertains to cybersecurity. So, you know, it's not to catch anybody up and you know, hey, we saw you buy something on Amazon. It's literally we have to have this vast sea of data so we can make intelligent decisions on risks, compromises, how we're going to protect the network, how we're going to protect our workers. So lots and lots of information passes through us. And that's part of why our our job is always changing. Yeah, if I could give an illustrative example, perhaps, and Sean, you kind of reminded me that we're, we're constantly receiving sort of intelligence reports there's always industry information being exchanged about hey you know we saw this threat group doing this or hey by the way this is a really critical patch to install but even when we get a notice that there's a super critical patch like that is not for a security team that is not just a okay hit the button install the patch kind of a conversation in most cases we we need to one identify do we need to install the patch like there are reasons why you wouldn't we may have other things like maybe some firewalls or other tools in place, or maybe we're not using the software that's being patched in the way that makes it vulnerable. So there's there's a conversation or a risk assessment that has to be done, usually pretty quickly because it's a critical patch. So you do need it. You don't want to be sitting on it for too long, right? But then you've got to work with your technical teams that are responsible for installing those patches and getting time available from them and get that scheduled. It is not just as simple as, oh, we got an alert, so let's just go, you know, do the thing. There's a whole kind of yeah, assessment process that occurs. So that's that's yet another thing that we do as an information security team. 
I'm here to say I think you guys are too cool. And I mean that in every positive way possible. So just to play back on what Sean said, I know that you guys, at, through this series that we've talked about, you know, things are continually changing. So, you know, if you get out your crystal ball right now, and maybe you have more solid knowledge than a crystal ball, but what's the future? Where, where are we going with safety when it comes to cybersecurity? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are in motion. There's a lot of things that are changing. You know, back to my comments about the amount of information we sift through, you're going to see a lot of movement towards artificial intelligence and machine learning just because of the volume of data that we have to look at. And, you know, it's it's still going to be critical to have smart security people capable of doing the things they do. But any of those day-to-day tasks, things that a computer can look at and figure out faster than we can... Those are the things that you're going to start seeing offloaded to the computer more. And that will also move us into kind of an area of additional automation. So whereas now, you know, we have to reach out through our software to work on a computer, to do certain activities, to change firewall rules, you're going to see a move to what's called SOAR, which is security orchestration, automation, and what's, what's the R, Bryce? The response or remediation, depending on who you talk to. There there you go. So so SOAR is going to be taking things to that next step where we can actually tell a system that, hey, these are the rules. These are the things we want you to do when a certain action happens. And it'll just go out and take care of that for us. So it's going to take away some of that manual legwork when incidents do happen and and hopefully improve our, our incident response. I would say... Some of the other emerging trends. I think ransomware is going to stick with us for a long time. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I would also say we're going to see more focus perhaps on remote work or securing remote endpoints, especially in light of COVID and a lot of organizations continuing at least remote work in some form. I think we're also going to see some changes to security in like the cloud probably. There's been some tools. I think CASB comes to mind. That's not something anyone needs to to know about necessarily, other than it's a tool that sits in front of cloud services. I think we're going to see some changes to how CASBs are used to secure cloud services in light of remote work. And and just real quick, CASB stands for Cloud Application Security Broker, in case anybody was wondering. Sure. Yes. It's, yeah, a lot of, some organizations, larger organizations tend to use them. Some smaller ones are it's beginning to be more commoditized now. So it's kind of trickling down. So I think those are some of the trends that we, we might be seeing. So that means you guys are just going to keep on going and going and going, right? <laughs> just like the energy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. So I think the last question, how do you prepare for the future and this coming technology? What, what do you do? Yeah, and that is a really good question because that might be one of the hardest things we do. Being in a role like cybersecurity, we are constantly being educated. Uh, every, every single day we're in learning mode, whether it's you know looking at a blog post, whether it's listening to a podcast, whether it's looking at a website, we are continuously evolving as cybersecurity professionals. And you know, even with all this continuing education, sometimes we do end up playing catch up. 
not everything is is obvious at first and some things are out of our control you know whether it's budgets or headcount or whatever you know we can't always have the latest greatest gadgets and tools so we definitely try to do the best we can we look at it from a business perspective as well you know what's going to benefit the business the most and we always try to to aim for those tools and techniques and ideas that are going to get us the most bang for the buck that's exactly what what happens john but i would also say well well all of our security teams or most security teams i think are used to going 100 miles an hour it does really help when we can be informed ahead of time or be in the loop when there are business projects that are being planned as opposed to being told oh hey by the way tomorrow we need you to have this all secured any any extra time we can get to help prepare really does help absolutely and that and that's a different kind of catch up i was i was thinking more of like the long term part but you're absolutely right you know, we love working with the other teams and anytime somebody brings us a problem, that's really cool for us. So rather than us having to look for something, if you bring it to us, we're generally all about that because we, we love to help out. We love to make sure that things are done the right way and, and everybody's staying safe. So anytime we can get a heads up, even if it's in the very early planning stages, which we actually prefer, we'd, we'd love to be a part of it. Well, it looks like we are almost out of time here today, but, you know, like I said in the beginning, this makes me sad that this is the last in our series, so hopefully, hopefully we can get you guys to come back throughout next year and just kind of update us on some different topics so we can keep this going. I'm sure if our listeners learned one-tenth of what I think I learned off this series, I'm sure they're walking away with a lot of things to think about, things that are easy to implement, to put into your everyday life, and to be actionable on those. So, Bryce and Sean, I really, really want to thank you on behalf of our listeners for everything. No, this was this was great. We love the chance anytime we get to talk about security and what we do, and, and we'd love to do it again. So yeah, thank thank you very much, Laura, for for having us on. This this I agree with Sean. This was this was really great to do. I had a lot of fun, uh, and in that spirit, I'd love to share a joke I saw yesterday on Infosec Twitter in the spirit of soup season. And it, it, the joke was, apparently, you can't use beef stew as a password. It's not stroganoff or strong enough. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow, oh my goodness. My apologies to all your listeners in advance. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, again, thank you. This has been wonderful. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Thank you for joining Healthcare Highwire. I hope you'll join us again soon for our next topic. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.